All right, so this is it. Um, so this year's class is um, a little unique to me. Um, you guys were the first time I climbed the mountain. Um, I thought it was going to be the last time I climbed the mountain because I thought I was going to die on the mountain. Um, but I remember climbing the mountain with the girls first. And somehow um, I was the first group up the mountain and I had never been on the mountain. So you guys were like following me, but I really had no idea where I was going. But then I knew I had to turn around and three days later climb it again with these guys. And I dreaded it. Like I was hating life. But... It was actually much easier the second time than it was the first time. But I've had the opportunity to, um, man, six years be with you guys, um, go on several mission trips with a number of you guys. Um, I remember a few years ago, um, we went to Cabo, and um, in my room was Ashton and Dalton and Ethan. And for whatever reason, one of them got up at 2 o'clock in the morning to take a shower, um, which come to find out later— he was sleepwalking, um, and that's what I would call a rude awakening there, and when you hit the water and you wake up. Um, but I loved hearing your stories tonight, and I love that kind of idea that you were once in darkness, but you're standing here in the light, because Jesus tells, tells us, you are the light of the world. And what I want to do as we kind of wrap up our time tonight is talk about this word light for a little bit. So what does light do? It does two things. One, it eliminates darkness. Where there is light, there cannot be darkness. It's impossible, right? And number two, it, it illuminates your surroundings. So that's why this little tiny nightlight can help you in the middle of the night not find furniture with your toes, right? Because that little light provides enough light for you to see in the middle, middle of the night. So what does it look like? What does it mean to be light? So what I want to do is talk about five things and use that word light as an acronym as we wrap up our time. And this is going to be pretty quick. Number one is this. L is lead like Christ. And if we want to lead like Christ, you have to ask the question, how did Christ lead? Well, one, he served others. Two, he developed leaders. He had a, a, a group of guys that he poured into and he developed them. One, and three, he made disciples. If you remember the Great Commission, he says to his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations. And what he's saying is go and replicate this thing that you've seen for the past three years. Do that with other people. And also he rested often. And I think this is so important. For us to truly find rest. Rest is a command. It's not an option. And Jesus rested often. I is, I want you guys to initiate Christian community. The decisions that you make in the first two weeks, if you're going to college, your first two weeks of college, the decisions you make, the, the community that you surround yourself with those first two weeks has the potential to shape the next four years of your life. And for some of you, five years, 
right? Because you're going to go to college an extra year like I did. I crammed a a four-year degree into five years, and then it was really hard, but I did it. Um, But those first two weeks, it's crucial. And I want you to initiate it, to seek it. Don't wait for it to come to you, but go after it. G is this. Oh, sorry. G is this. Go the extra mile. What does that mean? Um, In Matthew 5, Jesus actually talks about this. He says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. And he was teaching his disciples and the people how to respond in these difficult situations that many in his day had faced. And what would happen is the Roman soldiers would often force people to carry their, their bags one mile. And what Jesus is saying is, hey, if they force you to carry it one mile, you carry it two miles. Go the extra mile with them. So we must learn how to serve others, those that we don't really want to serve, those that we feel like don't deserve to be served. He says, go the extra mile and serve them. The H is this, is humble yourself. So just as darkness is the absence of light, pride is the absence of humility. Um, We cannot become more humble by focusing on humility um, as that becomes then the source of our pride. Um, I love what C.S. Lewis says. He says, um, he describes humility as not thinking of your, uh, less of yourselves, but thinking of your, ourselves less. So our world puts a lot of emphasis on you know, taking care of yourself, pulling, up, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. And yet the Bible says to set aside our own rights for the sake of others and to consider others more than yourself. And then the last one is this, and this is what I want to spend a few minutes on, is to train others up. Now, you may have heard this phrase that life is a race. And um, just this past week, I just did a Google search just to see what would come up with life is a race. And tons of quotes came up. I'm not going to read all of these, but life is a race. It's, it's a race against the clock, a race against others. Life is a race. It's a race to achieve goals. Life is a race to, to, to find love, purpose, and to find ourselves. It's a, it's a race, not a stroll. It's a series of sprints. All these different sayings about how life is a race. And that phrase, life is a race, and the Christian life both share this idea of perseverance of running towards a goal. The difference, however, is this. The goal is not to win the race against others, but to live a life that is pleasing to God and to follow his teachings. So I love what the writer of Hebrews says about racing. And this um, is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. He says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, what is this? If you read the chapter before this, you have the Hall of Faith. And the Hall of Faith lists men and women who were strong in their faith, like Abel and Noah and Sarah and Abraham and, and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and Rahab and Gideon and Samson, um, Samuel, David, all these people who please God by their faith. And I would even add you know, people in your own life who have left a legacy behind for you guys. It could be parents or grandparents or even great-grandparents, your community group leaders, friends, family, who have poured into you and left a legacy for you guys. So since we have their legacy, their example, it says, what are we to do with that? He says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. 
a lot of times people who are training for a race, what they would do is they would, they would wear weights on their legs as they're training. And what they would do is make them stronger. But when it comes time for the race, they would take the weight off so it wouldn't weigh them down. And the weight that he is mentioning here is this idea of sin. And sin, listen, is one of the things over the next four years that will drag you down. It would drag you down and cause you to trip and fall. So what are we to do with that? He says this, let us run with endurance the race that is set out before us. What does that word endurance mean? It's the ability to withstand hardship and adversity. And I love hearing the the testimonies of you guys who have faced the, the adversity in your life already and how you overcame that and how it made your faith stronger as a result. But the ultimate example is Jesus Christ. And look what it says. And I think Sam mentioned this. It says, look to Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And I love that these, these verses, they're incredible. We are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses Men and women of faith who have gone before us, who are asking us to run this race of faith. Your parents are saying, guys, run this race of faith. Throw aside those things that entangle us, that weigh us down. The sand, get rid of it, push it behind you. And keep your eyes focused on the prize on Christ. And if you guys can do that, I'm telling you, the next four years will go much better for you. So something that we started doing last year is kind of a new tradition that we have is this idea of, of carrying your baton. Of carrying your baton. And if you know anything about this, um, this is what they use in the relay races, right? And I mentioned this last year, but in 2008... In the Summer Olympics in Beijing, there's a couple pretty crazy headlines that happened in that year. One was Michael Phelps destroyed the, the swimming. He had eight gold medals that year. And the other was a guy named Hussein Bolt from Jamaica who was incredible. He destroyed the world record for the 100 and 200 meters. He killed it. And Adults, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember watching him, and it looks like he wasn't even putting any effort into it. I know you guys were three at the time, so you don't remember this, right? Um, which is crazy to think that you're only three in 2008. Um, but a third headline that a lot of us don't remember was the men's and women's 4x100 relay race, which going into these Olympics, both men and women USA team was projected to, to get the gold medal. But for the first time in history, they didn't make it to the finals. Actually, they never made it out of the preliminary race. The reason was they dropped the baton and they were disqualified. So today, you know, we honor you guys, our seniors, for this significant milestone in your life. Um, graduation marks this huge transition moment from high school to college, from a teenager, maybe an adult, uh, some of you is is questionable, um, from 
dependent living to independent living. And to put it another way, it's a season of passing the baton for your parents and for us to pass the baton to you guys in this next leg of your race. And our challenge is go, run, run this race. Set your eyes on the end goal, on Christ, and run this race. And I love what 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2 says. It's kind of this idea of this, this relay race that is happening. And it says this. So if you know anything about this, this is Paul writing to a letter to Timothy, a guy that he poured his life into, a guy that he mentored, a guy that he trained up that we're, that we're talking about. He says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong. Be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. And then he says this. He says, you have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. So there it is. You see the relay race? Let's break it down for you. Over, over the, for the last 18 years, you have heard a lot of people teach you a lot of things. Your parents and grandparents and weekend services and surge and retreats and summer camps and all these things, okay? You've heard these things. Now pass these things on to others. So here it is. You have heard me teach these things. Paul is saying, you've heard me teach these things to you. That is the first leg of race. That is Paul handing the baton to Timothy. You've heard me teach these things. Then he says, now teach these truths to other trustworthy people. That is the second leg of the race where Timothy is taking the baton and passing it to other trustworthy people. Then he says, who then would be able to pass them on to others? And that's that fourth leg of the race where these trustworthy people would pass them on to even other people. You see that? How they're training others up and how they are passing this legacy to others. Paul to Timothy, Timothy to trustworthy people, trustworthy people to other people. And that is our goal for you guys. As the past 18 years, you've been developed and we're about to pass this baton to you guys. And our hope is that you don't drop it. Our hope is that you don't just keep it and keep running the race. But eventually that you'll pass this baton to other trustworthy people that you've trained up. Who would then pass it on to other people. This kind of legacy. Guys, you have the opportunity right now to leave a godly legacy to those behind you. And it starts now. It starts over the next four years. If you're going to college, if you're getting a job, the next four years as you learn to work hard and and to be dependent. So that is what we want for you. We want you to train others up. And I love this picture in the scripture. And it's really what our youth ministry is all about. We want to come alongside parents and partner with parents to help pass the baton to your kids. We want to come alongside you and cheer you on for their faith to become their own. And we heard that from our leaders. For them to have a faith that is not my faith, that is not your faith, but is their own faith. That they can pass it on one day to someone else. So before we pass this baton to you, I think it's important to ask one more question. Is this, what is the baton? What is it that we're passing down to others? And it's this right here. It's the gospel. It's the good news. When it comes to investing and training others up, 
we can get focused on so many different things that are good things, but they're not the right things. Good behavior, strong grades, scholarships, which are good things, right? Athletic success. These are all good things, but they're not the most important things. Sometimes we get so focused on the good things that we lose sight of the God things. And I don't want you to be that statistic that we've talked about so many times here that you're probably sick of hearing it. That some studies say 50% of church students leave the faith within a year and a half after high school. Some studies say 60% leave the faith. Some say 70% leave the faith. And I don't want that to be for, for you. It's a legitimate concern for me. And really, it's very personal for me. Nothing, listen, nothing brings me more joy than seeing students who have graduated our ministry. And guys, I've been doing student ministry for 21 years. So there's been a lot of students who've graduated out of our ministry. Nothing brings me more joy than seeing them years later following Christ, pursuing Christ, and leaving this legacy with their own families. And nothing breaks my heart more than seeing students who have dropped the baton, who have left the faith, who are no longer following Jesus. And I don't want that for you. There's been a lot of students who are following Christ that's been in my ministry. There's a lot of students also who have decided not to follow Jesus anymore. The writer of Hebrews understood this. That's why he said, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set up for us. So we're going to give you the baton. And we're going to call you up here in a second. And what's going to happen is you're going to come get your baton, exit this way. Then I want you guys to line back up here in the front. And I'll tell you what we're going to do after that. So come on up. I'm going to start with Morgan. Yep, come on. All right, so Morgan, come on, get your baton, run the race that is set before you. Mason. Haley. Janessa. Carson. Janessa. Dalton. Uh-huh. Um, Ethan. Wow, Brinley, you're just way out of order. Here, I'll go ahead and give you yours, Brinley, so you can go. All right, Hannah, are you here? All right, come on, Hannah. You, you take your time, but hurry up. Um, Emily. Wow, yes, it's okay. This is not their strong suit. Naomi. William. Sorry, I tell you, missed you. Um, William. Oh, Hannah. William. Corey. Noah. Sorry, I skipped y'all. <laughs> I'm all out of order. Um, AJ. Kirsten. That might be the first time I've ever got her name fully right. I'm so sorry. Did I get it right? Um, Josh, Ashton, Kate, Kira, 
Ariana. Deja. And young Timothy. What a way to end it. There you go, sir. All right, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to have kind of a, wow, this, can you, yeah, scoot down. There's a lot of you. Um, We're going to have a time of prayer and commissioning and blessing over our students. Um, So I would love to invite parents or grandparents, family, um, to come up here. Leaders, come on up here. And, um, yeah, you can come now. Yeah, that's the invitation to come on up. And just stand with your, with your child. This is what Numbers chapter 6 says. This is a prayer blessing. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And we're going to sing a song. And this song that we're about to sing is it's called The Blessing. And um, I would love for this, for parents, listen, for this to be your prayer for your kids. I'm going to just kind of read some of the lines to this, um, of this for you. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. May his favor be upon you. And here it is, the legacy part, for a thousand generations. And your family and your children and their children and their children. That's it. That's the legacy part. The baton that you're passing, you want to pass it on to your next generation. And it says this. May his presence, this is the prayer, parents, for you to pray for over your kids. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you. He is with you. He is with you in the morning, in the evening, and you're coming, and you're going, and you're weeping, and you're rejoicing. He is for you. He is for you. So we're going to sing this song. And parents, make this your prayer for your child. Grandparents, make this your prayer for your grandchild. Leaders, make this a prayer for your students. Let's sing this song. Let's make it our prayer. Students, won't you stand with us and sing it as well and make it a prayer for your peers. Let's sing this together.